Hello, everyone. Welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you've joined me today, and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I've been conducting a series titled, Jesus the Great Storyteller. And what we've been doing is studying the parables of the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, remember, a parable is a simple story that illustrates a spiritual truth. And Jesus used many parables in his ministry, and, and we learn so much about the kingdom of heaven through his parables because so many times he would start a parable by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like unto, and then of course he would share the parable. And from that parable, a simple story which illustrates a spiritual truth, we learn so much about how God sees things and how his kingdom operates. And so today I want to continue with, with a series on Jesus the Great Storyteller, and I want to look at the parable of the Good Samaritan. The parable of the Good Samaritan, a very famous, famous parable, maybe one of the uh, most famous of all of Jesus's parables, the Good Samaritan. Now, of course, when you, when you, you know, think about the Good Samaritan, the first thing that most people would, would think about is, you know, this is a parable about helping others. And certainly it is that. It is a parable about helping others. But really, this parable is a parable about eternal life, a parable about eternal life. And, uh, and actually, that's the, the question about eternal life is where this parable sprung from, as we'll see today. So the Good Samaritan is what we're going to look at today, that parable. And yes, it's a parable about helping others, <clears throat> but it's actually a parable about eternal life, as we'll see. Uh, but before I get to the, the Good Samaritan, the situation of where Jesus shared that parable, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Galatians, the second chapter and the 16th verse. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. I want to read that verse uh, before we look at the parable of the Good Samaritan because it's very important. We're going to need this information here in just a moment. Uh, Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified, you know, a person is not justified, or we could say declared righteous before God. Uh, um, a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no one shall be justified. Now that's very important that you understand that as we move into the situation that set up the parable of the Good Samaritan. But again, knowing that a man is not, or a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in, in Christ Jesus that we might be justified. See, we're justified or we're declared righteous before God by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh or no one shall be justified or shall be seen as right before God. The works of the law cannot accomplish that for you. Only faith in Jesus Christ can do that. So with that being uh, that, that verse of Scripture, Galatians 2.16 being read, let's go to Luke the 10th chapter and get into this the, the situation of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Luke chapter 10 now you also find this uh, this this uh, parable, this situation that actually set up the parable. The parable is given in Luke ten, but the situation that sets it up is also in Mark the twelfth chapter, and Matthew the twenty second chapter. And I would advise you. To, now we're going to look at Luke ten, Luke's account. We're also going to look at Mark Mark's account in Mark twelve. So if you have your Bibles, open to Luke ten. And Mark 12, because we're going to read both of those accounts in this message today. I'm not going to read from Matthew 22. I recommend that you read that. I'm just going to make one statement from that, uh, that rendering, uh, that account in Matthew. But be that as it may, let's uh, go to Luke 10 and verse 25. 
And behold, now this is the situation that set up the parable of the Good Samaritan. And behold, a certain lawyer. Now this is Luke chapter 10, verse 25. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And behold, a certain lawyer. Now as you read the other two accounts, you see that you know, in Mark 12 and Matthew 22, you see that this lawyer was a Pharisee. That's a religious leader. He was a religious leader and also a scribe. Okay, so so this was a religious man, a very knowledgeable man, uh, very knowledgeable about, you know, the law of Moses and so forth. Very, very knowledgeable, certain lawyer. So so very educated individual. And uh, and and so it says, uh, behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested Jesus. So he's got a question for Jesus. And this is to test. Think about that. He's going to test the Lord Jesus Christ. OK, so but this is what he's going to do. He's going to he's going to test him. And here's what he said. He said, teacher. Now, if you have your Bibles there. Underline that word teacher or highlight it, circle it, put a star by it or something, because that's going to be very important to us as we move along here today. Uh, this man calls Jesus teacher. Now, just remember that that's very important for where we're headed eventually here today. He says, teacher, this lawyer calls Jesus teacher. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, of course, again, as I said, the parable of the Good Samaritan, we think about, you know, uh, that's a parable about how we should treat others. And it is, but you need to realize how that parable came about. It came about by this, this educated uh, scribe, this Pharisee, this lawyer, asking Jesus what he had to do to inherit eternal life. And now I think you can see why I started with Galatians 2.16, that eternal life only comes, you know, being justified before God, having eternal life, same thing, only comes through faith in Jesus Christ and not by keeping the law. Okay, so we read that in Galatians 2.16. Now you can see why I read it, and it'll play itself out even more here as we go. But he says, teacher, Luke 10, 25, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Now, think about that. God in the flesh is asking him a question back. But now he sees Jesus as a teacher. OK, he says, teacher, what what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, well, what is written in the law? What's your reading of it? How do you read it? Jesus asked this lawyer this question. So the, the lawyer answers and says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So there's two points there. Loving God with all your heart, your soul, your your strength, your mind. That's the first part, loving God. And then secondly, loving your neighbor as yourself. So that, that was his reading of it. And, and Jesus said to him, you have answered rightly. And he did. That's exactly right. That, that answer that the, 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 the statement of the, the, the uh, law that the lawyer gave is exactly right. So Jesus said, you have answered rightly. And then Jesus says, do this and you will live. Now, absolutely the truth. And here's the thing. If someone could, from the time they were born, from the time they were born, live their entire life and keep those two commandments, loving the Lord God Almighty with all of our heart, our soul, and our strength, and all of that, and loving our neighbor as ourself, if someone from the time they were born could do that perfectly and never mess that up, 
they would have eternal life. You know, Matthew's account, which we're not going to go over and look at, I'd recommend that you read it in Matthew 22. Jesus said on these two commandments, loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself, you know, loving God with all, with everything you've got in you, and loving your neighbor as yourself, Jesus said on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. And, and Jesus said, if, 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 if you could do those two, because on those two commandments, loving God, loving your neighbor, hang all the law and the prophets. And if somebody could do that perfectly from the time they were born, all their life, never messed up, they would have kept the law perfectly. And certainly if, 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 if someone did that, Jesus said, do this and you will live. Certainly, if, you know, if's a big word, isn't it? If somebody could do that, keep, those, keep, keep the law perfectly. And those two commandments, Loving God with everything you have in you and loving your neighbor on, the, on those two. Hang all the law and the prophets. If you could do that, never mess that up. Because <laughs> then you'd be keeping the, you'd keep, you'd be keeping every jot and tittle of the law. Yeah, you, you, he said, do this and you will live. There's just one thing though, as you study the Bible and the statement Jesus made, absolutely true. He is the truth. He is, you know, he's absolutely the word made flesh, you know. So that's a true statement. Do this and you will live. And if you could do that, you would have eternal life. The thing of it is, though, as you study the Bible, it's clear that no one can perfectly keep these two commandments. No one can keep the entirety of the law and the prophets. The only person that's ever done that is the Lord Jesus himself. There's a lot of people think that they've kept those things, but, but they haven't. No one has because the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And as you study the Bible, you see that we just read it for by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. I mean, we, we, you know, if we could keep it in and of our own self, yeah, but, but we can't. The Bible's clear on that. Where it's not, it's not possible because of the, the sin nature that's in every human being. Just being a human being, being born into the human race because of what Adam did in the Garden of, of Eden when he sinned against God. He, he and Eve, that sin nature has been passed down to all, all human beings. And, and it's impossible for us to keep the law in every jot and tittle. It, it's, it's impossible. The Bible says if you offend in one point, you're guilty of all. So, so, you know, what Jesus was saying here, if you could, you know, if you do these two things, that would imply, since on those two, two commandments hang all the law of the prophets, yeah, you would have eternal life, but nobody can do that. All right. So, so it's important that you understand that. But then look at verse 29. So Jesus, so this guy quotes these commandments and Jesus said, you've answered rightly, do this and you will live. Now look at verse 29. But he, this lawyer, wanting to justify himself. Now that's very important. Underline that. See, this guy asks a question to Jesus about eternal life. How do I inherit eternal life? What must I do? What must be done? And, and, and you can see that this man here, this, this Pharisee, this scribe, this lawyer, wanted to justify himself. <laughs> you know, he thought that he could be good enough in and of himself. He thought that he could keep the law and, 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 and be justified through his own works. But we just, we read in Galatians 2.16 that that, you know, by, by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But this guy here wants to justify himself. Okay. And so Jesus says to him, now we're getting to the parable of the, Good Samaritan here. Jesus says to him, uh, well, actually, but, but this, well, wait a minute. But this guy wanting to justify him, get a little ahead of myself here. But, but he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Okay. Because, because, you know, the, the, the two points there that was, that, that was given, loving the Lord, our God with all of our strength and all of that. And loving our neighbor as ourself, this guy, this lawyer wants to justify himself. And so he says to the Lord, who is my neighbor? Who is 
my neighbor. So he asked that to Jesus. He says, and who is my neighbor? So he asked Jesus a, a follow-up question because this man wants to justify himself. So he says to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, and now, now here comes the uh, uh, parable of the Good Samaritan. And the thing you need to think about here is Jesus, as he dealt with people, would, would always go to the root of a situation. He'd always, he'd respond to somebody and he'd always go to the, to the root of whatever that person needed to hear. Okay. And we can, we could learn from, from these, these, these interactions that Jesus had with people. I think of the rich young ruler when he came to Jesus and he wanted to know what he had to do to inherit eternal life. And, and, you know, had Jesus, you know, said to him, said to him, you know, well, go sell what you have, give to the poor and so forth. And that man couldn't do it because he had great possessions. It, it really, those possessions had him. But see, Jesus struck right at the root because, see, they got into a, a situation that rich young ruler, uh, if, if we studied that in a, in a previous parable. And all of our parables, by the way, if you missed any of our previous parables, you could get those for free. They're all available to you uh, in our archives. But that rich young ruler, he questioned Jesus about eternal life. And, <laughs> and, and, and they got into quoting the 10, you know, the rich young ruler began to, you know, they got, him and Jesus got into a discussion about the 10 commandments. And that rich young ruler said, well, all these I've kept from, from my youth. <laughs> but Jesus went right to the root of the situation when he said to the rich young ruler, he said, go sell what you have and give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven, take up your cross and follow me. And and what he was trying to get that rich young ruler to see is that he hadn't kept the first commandment in that his money was the first commandment is, you know, is that we keep God first. Putting it in my own words, we keep God first. You'll have no other gods before me, God said. First commandment in the Ten Commandments. And he was trying to get that rich young ruler to see he hadn't even kept the first commandment. See, so he hit that rich young ruler to try to help him. It went to the root of the situation. Well, similarly here, when this guy, this this lawyer says to Jesus, because he wanted to justify himself, that's a dangerous place to be. All right. This guy wants to justify himself. And, and he said, well, he said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Now, Jesus is going to answer him, give him this parable of the good Samaritan. And, and, and Jesus, I, I think it's very clear as we get in here, he's going to hit this guy trying to help the man, going to, going to go right to the root of the situation as we'll see, see, this is, this is just fantastic. Let's read here. Verse 30, and Jesus answered and said, now this, this guy wanting to justify himself, asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? <laughs> and Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem. Now here's the parable of the good Samaritan. A certain man went down from Jerusalem. Now, this man that went down from Jerusalem, since he came from Jerusalem, he's probably a Jew. Now, I can't say that he is, but for sure, but he probably was since he came from Jerusalem. But man, I think that's significant as we go along here. But anyway, he comes, uh, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest, now underline that, a certain priest. Now, this is what we call, this is a man of the cloth. I mean, this is, this is a, a, a preacher, a, 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 you know, a, a, a religious man. Somebody that you would think, I mean, of all the people you can think about, you know, I mean, this, this was not a, you know, this was not... Uh, you know, this was not a, a school teacher that came by or, a, or, a, you know, somebody that worked at the convenience store that came by or, or, uh, uh, you know, we could name any, you know, any number of different professions, 
you know, uh, <laughs> this was this was a priest. I mean, of of, ever, of all the, the 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 vocations you could think of that are out there, <laughs> I can only think of two right now: <laughs> school teacher and a convenience store worker. But I mean, you know, you could think about you know a whole bunch of different different people. Uh, you know, a banker. This you're talking about a uh, a banker, or you know, <laughs> I can only, I, I thought of three different professions, but you know, you can think about uh, about so many different professions that you could that you could list. Or, uh, an engineer. I'm doing better. There's more coming to me now. You know, an engineer. Uh, this was a priest. This was a preacher. Think about it. This was a priest came down that road. They got this man half dead laying there. And, and, and a priest comes down the road. Now you would think of all the professions you could name. This guy is a priest. You would think that this man would, a priest, a, a, a minister, you know, would help this fellow that's laying there half dead that's been beat to smithereens, you would think this priest would help. A priest of all people. But the priest comes down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. You think about that. Likewise, a Levite. Here it is, another minister, if you will. I mean, of all the people that ought to be helpful, ministers ought to be at the top of the list. <laughs> absolutely absolutely but now you got the levite he he as a minister you know he comes down and and likewise just like the priest when he arrived at the uh at, at the place came and looked and passed by on the other side we're talking about answer to question who is my neighbor you know, a priest, this guy now, he came down from Jerusalem, fell among thieves. He'd been beaten to smithereens, laying there about half dead. And uh, he's like half dead, Jesus said. And the priest comes by and sees him and passes by on the other side and, and the Levites. So you got two men of the cloth, two ministers. All right. Of all people. You would think these two would be at the top of the list to help. But they both, the Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. I mean, they didn't even want to get close to this guy. They passed by on the other side. Now, I'm just going to speculate with you. So I'm, I'm not being dogmatic here. I can't, I can't prove this by any means, but it's just something to think about. Because Jesus would would go to the root, he would typically always go to the root of a situation, as I've already said. Is it possible that one of these men here that passed by, is it possible because Jesus operated in the word of knowledge. I mean, he, as the Spirit of God would reveal things to him, word of knowledge has to do with things past and present. He's got this lawyer standing in front of him, this scribe, asking him this question. Is it possible that this scribe might have been one of these two people that passed by on the other side? Is it possible? Jesus going to the root of the situation? Or, or, or certainly if he, if, if this scribe that was asking this question wasn't one of these two, this, this Levite or this priest, it, I, 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 I'm as certain as I can be that, that this, uh, that, the, that this, uh, this lawyer, this scribe had done something similar to what the priest and the Levite had done. Now he, he just quoted, we ought to love our neighbor as ourselves. And he answered, you know, I mean, these were good things that, that he understood that. But he said, who is my neighbor? And and is it possible that because Jesus goes to the root of a situation, is it possible that this this scribe that's asking this question might have been that Levite or that priest? Or if not, the Levite the priest might have been might have done the same thing that they did with someone he passed by somewhere and didn't help him. 
Well, who is my neighbor? Well, now Jesus answered with this parable here of the Good Samaritan. We've got to the priest. We got to the Levite. But now look at verse 33, but a certain Samaritan. So the, the, the priest has passed this guy that's half dead laying there on the road. <laughs> the priest has passed him by. The Levites passed him by. But here comes a certain Samaritan. That's where we get, you know, the parable of the good Samaritan. So here comes the Samaritan. Now, you also need to realize that the Jews despised the Samaritans. They just did, okay? And I, I could get into the reasons why, excuse me, why, but I'm not going to do that here. You could look that up for yourself. But they just despised the Samaritans. I mean, the Jews had no use for the Samaritans. And this lawyer, this Pharisee that's asking this question would have had no use for this Samaritan Okay, the guy that's asking Jesus the question, who is my neighbor? Now, this Samaritan comes by in this story that Jesus, simple story illustrating great spiritual truth. This, this Samaritan comes by and the lawyer asking the question would have had no use for that Samaritan. Absolutely no use for him. No use at all. Wouldn't even really speak to him. Have no, just considered him just, just dung. Okay, D-U-N-G. Just, you know, you know what that is. Manure, just considered them. That's what the Jews thought of the Samaritans. But this Samaritan comes by as he journeyed, came where this, this guy that had been beaten up, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. The Samaritan, now the, the priest and the Levite, they passed by on the other side. But the Samaritan, you know, and, and the Samaritan, you know, from my study of it, they weren't too fond of the Jews either. And this man that came down from Jerusalem who had been beaten, left half dead. The, this, the, 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 uh, probably a Jewish man since he came down from Jerusalem, the Samaritan seeing him. And, and, you know, I can't prove that he was a Jewish man, but he probably was laying there. And the Samaritan that came by, Seeing that, you know, more than likely a Jewish man, he's laying there half dead. The Samaritan, you know, the, now the, the priest should have helped him. The Levite should have helped him. They passed by on the other side because the priest and the Levite, they're Jews, right? This <laughs> is a fellow, a fellow Jew, a fellow brother laying there. Yeah, we need to help him. But this Samaritan comes by and the Samaritans had no use for the Jews either. And, and, you know, if he had just gone by that, well, this is a Jew laying there, you know, I'm not going to help him. But no, he had compassion. We're answering the question, who is my neighbor? That's what Jesus, Jesus is answering that question for this guy, for this lawyer. This scribe, this Pharisee that's asking the question, Jesus is answering it. And now this Samaritan comes by and he's going to have compassion. Okay. The priest should have, the Levite should have, they didn't. But now this Samaritan who more than likely, <laughs> that's a Jew, I'm not going to help him. But he put all that aside, as we should. And he's going to have compassion, and he had compassion. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, verse 34, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he, de <coughs> excuse me, on the next day when he departed, it touches my heart. Touches my heart. That's the way we need to treat people. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, or that's money, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. My, my, my. Oh, <laughs> we need to be like the good Samaritan, don't we? That, that's good. That's why they call him the good Samaritan. Wow. Fantastic. So, so the Samaritan had compassion and, 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 and took him to the inn, bound his wounds up and paid the bill and all of that. And then verse 36. So Jesus says, so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? 
And again, Jesus doesn't always ask hard questions. This is an easy question to answer. But he's trying to get this guy to see something that's asking this question. And he said, which of these three do you think was neighbor, was neighbor? See, he's answering because the, the guy said, who is my neighbor? Who is it? Trying to justify himself. He asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? So Jesus goes through this parable and says, which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? Again, not a hard question. And the, the, the scribe answers and says, uh, he who showed mercy on him. So the Samaritan, that's the answer. The one that had compassion, that showed mercy, was the, was the, was the neighbor. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Which implies to me, now it implies to me that this, this lawyer asking this question Hadn't, hadn't, hadn't always done that. It implies to me that there were times that he was like that priest and that Levite who went by, you know, who, 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 who passed by the person needing help and didn't help him, you know, help the one needing help, that, that this guy asking the question, uh, was, was at times he'd been like the, like the, uh, the priest and the, and the Levite, you know, and, and he didn't help someone that was in need. Because Jesus said, go and do likewise. See, Jesus, I believe, shared this parable to hit this guy in, in, in love. Jesus is love. So he, he, he wasn't trying to put the guy down. He hit him. He, 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 you know, he, 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 he hit at the root of the situation and was trying, I think, to get this guy to see that, 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 that he at times certainly was like the, 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 the priest and the Levite. He'd passed by folks that legitimately needed help. Because Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Okay? Which again implies to me that uh, he, had, he, hadn't, he hadn't been like the Samaritan. That he hadn't been like the Samaritan. Trying to get him to see that, you know, because again, the Pharisees, this guy asking this question, if he had seen the Samaritan laying there, more than likely, I don't think there's any question about it, he'd have been like the priest and the Levite. He'd have passed by on the other side. You know, I mean, he's quoting, he's quoting, yeah, we need to love the Lord, our God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, body, everything we have, and love our neighbor as ourselves. I mean, it's one thing to quote it. It's another, it's another thing to live it. And it's very possible, even though he could quote it, if he'd have seen some, like if the shoe had been on the other foot and the Samaritan had been laying there, this guy asking the question very likely would have been like the priest of the Levite passed by on the other side, you know, and would have passed by on the other side. But Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. See, Jesus hitting this guy right at the, at, the, at, at the root, right where he lived. Because I think it's clear to me that, that this guy that's asking this question would not have helped someone in need, particularly a Samaritan. And Jesus was trying to get this guy to see that he needed to do that and trying to get this guy to see that he hadn't kept the, you know, the second part of, of this, of, of and who is my neighbor, I think Jesus was trying to get him to see that he had kept that part of it because this guy was trying to justify himself and Jesus was trying to get him to see that, that he could quote it, but he hadn't lived it. He hadn't loved his neighbor as himself. That's, 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 that's my reading of it. That's, that's the way I see it. You know, you interpret it however you think you need to, but I'm just pointing some things out to you from my study. And, and, and frankly, to answer the question, who is my neighbor? I think the answer to that is anyone we come across who is legitimately in need. Anyone we come across who is legitimately in need. Anyone we come across who is legitimately in need. That's who our neighbor is. I, I got to tell you a story. I just got to tell you this. <laughs> I was sitting in my office one day and, uh, 
uh, we, we had kept the, as years went on, sad to say, we'd keep the front door locked because of all the, you know, all the, the, the terrible things that go on, shootings in churches and all of that. So we started to lock the front door, just use wisdom. I'm sitting in my office one day and I hear the front door jingle and I go out there, you know, somebody trying to get in. There was a man standing there. Now we always, from the day we started Summit Christian Church, we always tried to help people who were legitimately in need. Now we always help people uh, up front. We just, we just help people. Help, 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 help. I wish I had had a list of everybody that we've helped. I also ha- wish I had that same list of how many times we got taken advantage of and people scammed us, you know, and they said they needed help and they, they, they didn't need help. But after many years of, of helping people who were not legitimately in need, but they were just being crooked and saying, there's people, you need to realize there's people that go from church to church to church, giving sad stories, uh, trying to get, uh, uh, the church to help them. And they don't really, you know, they're just out money grubbing. And, uh, I, I had one time I was standing in the, in the entryway after a service greeting people. And I had a person come in and, uh, uh, and, and ask me if I would help them. Now, this was after many years of, of, of systematic abuse of helping people that, that didn't legitimately need help because we wanted to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. We eventually we adopted a policy that you had to, you know, hook in with us, be a part of the church, and then we would, you know, assess whatever need you had and do our best to help you. But after years of systematic abuse, we finally put that guideline in there. And this person came in, they asked me in front of the, there was people, you know, it was right after service. And they asked me if, if, if we would help them. And I gave them the, and by the way, I, I, many times I would tell people, Hey, we'll help. They'd catch me on a Sunday morning. Right before a service that they, you know, like walking in, I just walked in, they wanted to know who the pastor was. And, you know, some of the people say, well, that's a pastor. They'd come over to me. They say, well, you help, help me. And I, and I said, well, it, you sit through the service this morning because it was right, like right before the service. You sit through the service this morning and then get with me afterwards and we'll talk. And they'd hit the road. They wouldn't even stay for the service. Now, if I was legitimately in need and the pastor said, hey, s- sit through the service and afterwards we'll talk, I'd sit through the service. But it showed me these people weren't legitimately in need. So this person had come in after the service, greeting people at the door after the service, and they asked me if we'd help. And we had put this this policy in that we're just help people. And we'd have to get to know them a little bit, and they'd have to hook in with the church, and then we'd we would help them and assess their needs as we went. And, uh, but I told this person the policy that, you know, we weren't going to help them. This is after years of systematically being taken advantage of. And, and, and so, so I, I said, you know, if you hook in here to the church, we'll, 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 we'll get to know you and help you. And, and they weren't interested in that. But this, this lady went out into the car and she brought in her baby and she stuck her baby right up in my face, right in front of everybody and said, are you going to let my baby starve? <laughs> you know, now how is it going to make me look if I say in front of everybody, well, I'm going to let your baby starve. You know, I'm just saying, you know, and it can't come to find out they, they were going from church to church using the same tactic. And so we, I don't know, I gave her some money out of my pocket, whatnot, set her on. But anyway, so anyway, but talking about who's our neighbor. And, uh, but this one day I hear the door jingle. And so I go out there. And there's this man standing there and, uh, you know, he had this van was right under the overhang. I opened the door, you know, and he said, uh, he said, he's a pastor. I, I need some help. Will you help me? And I quoted my, the church policy to him that, you know, once we get to know you, you know, if you hook in here Sunday morning, come to service, we'll get to know you over, over, you know, the next couple of few weeks and, 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 and then we'll help you. And he gave me, I think a great answer. It was a great answer. He said to me, he said, he said, so pastor, if I'm driving down the road and and, and I see that you've had an accident and you're laying side of your car there and you're bleeding and, 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 and I walk up to you and you're, you know, you're barely able to to speak because you've had an accident and you say, help me. 
Do you want me to say to you, well, you know, uh, uh, pastor, I, I have to get to know you first, but after a couple of weeks of getting to know you, you know, take a couple of weeks to get to know you, then, then, then I'll help stop your bleeding. <laughs> you know, call 911 or whatever. You know, I thought that was a fantastic answer. And I said, for that answer, sir, I'll help you. <laughs> and so I, I, I got some money out of my pocket and I, and I helped him. And uh, <laughs> I thought it was a good answer. Let me finish that story, though. Actually, this guy, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, he did come to church for, for a while, but then, then he stopped coming, and we followed up on him, but he, he's nowhere to be found. And, uh, and I found out that he had been doing this sort of thing at other churches, giving them that same answer. And so, I don't know, about a year or so came and went. He had been to so many different churches doing this technique, you know, that he apparently forgot that he'd already used it on me. So I hear the door jingle. Let me finish the story. Jingle. And so this was about a year after. I hear the door jingle. And I, and I go out there and I look out and it's the same guy. Now, I, I have a good memory. I remembered him. Apparently, he forgot that he had already because he had done this so many places, he'd forgot that he'd already been to our place. So I remembered what had happened, and I go out there, the door's jingling, and I open the door, I said, can I help you? And he said, and he says, Pastor, I have a need, you know. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, once we get to know you, and you know, I gave him the policy, and he said, now, Pastor, he said, if, uh, if you had a car accident, you were laying side of the road and I came up on it and he goes through the same thing, through the same thing with me again. And I said to him, I said, you don't remember it, obviously, but I do. You were here about a year ago. You used this on me once before. I said, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. And I said, you know, and so I sent him on his way. He, he grumbled about it and off he went. But so we try to help people. We do our best. And, uh, but, uh, you know, who, I thought you'd enjoy that story. Uh, sometimes I think I shouldn't tell these stories, but again and again, I hear people tell me, tell the stories. We love to hear your story. So there you go. But anyway, humorous story. Who is our neighbor? I'll tell you who our neighbor is. Anyone we come across who is legitimately in need. Okay. Now, so, so there's the story, and, and the thing of it is, and I want you now to turn over to Mark 12, and we'll close up over in Mark 12, but I want, to, I want to say this to you. Again, Jesus, I believe, shared this parable with this man to help him because this man wanted to justify himself, okay? And he could quote the law, I mean, love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, body, and love your neighbor as yourself. I believe Jesus used this parable, simple story to illustrate a spiritual truth, to get this guy to see that he hadn't kept the second part of that, that he hadn't loved his neighbor as himself. That's that's my reading of it. But here's something else now. Look here at Mark 12. Uh, now notice here, Mark 12, 28. Now, this is Mark's account. Now, Mark doesn't go through the parable. Luke gives that, but Mark gives us the first part of it, what led into the parable. Then one of the scribes came, Mark 12, 28. Now, very important as we close. Listen. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he, Jesus, had answered them well, because he had had a, he had a dispute, I think, with the Sadducees before this, and now he's dealing with the Pharisees. And so now Mark comes in here, and, uh, and, and, and so this, this scribe here came having heard what he had heard, perceiving that Jesus had answered, I believe it was the Sadducees, well, ask him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, uh, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So, so here Jesus quotes these. And now watch this, verse 32. So the scribe said to him, 
Now, again, this is Mark's account. We just read it over Luke. This is Mark's account. The scribe said to him, well said, teacher. Now, remember earlier in this lesson, I, I had you underline that word teacher. Well, here again, underline the word, highlight it, teacher. This man is seeing Jesus only as teacher, not as Lord. Very important. He's seeing, see, see this guy's trying to justify himself. We already read that. And, and, and he sees Jesus as a teacher, maybe even a good teacher, certainly, but not Lord. Now, now watch this. He says, teacher, you have spoken the truth for there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, the understanding, the soul, and, the, and with all your strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the, all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And, and that's true. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely or answered correctly, wisely, Jesus said to him, now watch this, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You are not far from the kingdom of God. Of God. Now think about that. This 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 Pharisee, this scribe, this lawyer, Jesus said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. You're not far away from it. Well, well, what does that statement mean? What does it mean? Well, I've already given you the answer, but let me let me say it again. This guy knew the commandments, you know. And, and, and he answered Jesus wisely and correctly and, 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 and all of that. We've seen all of that. And he was, I'll put it in my own words. He was real close to being saved. He was real close. He was right close. He was right close. He, Jesus said, you're not far from the kingdom of God. Okay. But here's, see, he's real close. He's real close. He's not far away. That means you're real close. Okay, but, but here's the thing. See, this guy was trying to justify himself. But yet in the midst of that, he what Jesus, by his own words, said he wasn't far from the kingdom of God. He's real close. But why wasn't he in the kingdom of God? Because he was trying to justify himself and he could only see Jesus as teacher. But to get into the kingdom of God, you've got to see Jesus as Lord as the Messiah, as the Christ, as the Son of the living God. See, that was the same problem that the rich young ruler had that I spoke about earlier in this lesson. He saw Jesus as a good teacher, uh, but, but he didn't see Jesus as the Lord God Almighty. And same thing here. This guy was real close to the kingdom of God. But you know what? Being real close to the kingdom of God will still put you in hell if you die. <laughs> it will. Absolutely. It's like, it's like, you know, that song, Almost Persuaded. You know, that almost can put you in hell. You understand? You've got to be persuaded that Jesus is not just a good teacher, but that he's Lord and you must receive him as your Savior. And according to Galatians 2.16, which we read earlier, you got to receive him and believe on him, you see. And that's what justifies you. And this guy here could only see Jesus, at, like the rich young ruler, could only see Jesus as a good teacher. And as far as we know, that rich young ruler, as far as I know, according to what I read in the Bible, never, <laughs> never got saved. And, and this guy here, I mean, I, I don't know if that parable affected him and got him to say, I don't know. I don't have any record of it. But Jesus was trying you know, to get him to see that he hadn't even kept that second commandment there. But the point of, that I'm trying to make here is, is he's real close to the kingdom of God. You know, he knows these commandments and all of that. But, but, but you, ha you have to see Jesus not just as a teacher, as a good teacher, but you have to see him as a Lord, you know. And, and I, you know, I mentioned the rich young ruler, but, you know, if you go to the Last Supper, when Jesus is there with his disciples, with his 12 disciples, you know, and you ought to go study it. 11 of them, there's 12 total, 11 of them referred to Jesus as Lord. But Judas Iscariot, 
didn't call him Lord. He called him teacher. You know, there's a lot of people see Jesus as a good teacher, a, 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 a philosopher, a, a, a prophet, all these other things. And, you know, yes, Jesus, the prophet, absolutely. Uh, good teacher, absolutely. But you have to, to, to get into the, see, you, you see him as a good teacher, a prophet, all that. You're real close to the kingdom of God. But to get into the kingdom of God, you have to see him as, as Lord God Almighty and receive him as your Savior. Recognize him as, as the Lord God because he is God in the flesh. Okay? Absolutely, absolutely the truth. So, hey, did you get anything out of this today? I sure hope that you did. Uh, and, and I want to leave you with this. From everything I've said here today, I want to, I want to leave you with this. I want to invite you to get saved. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, you need to do so right now. There's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. And, and, and what you have to do is repent of your sins. That just means, repent means to have a change of heart, turn from the way you've been living, and, and receive Jesus. The Bible says if we'll call on the name of the Lord Jesus, we'll, we'll be saved. We'll miss hell. We'll make heaven. He'll make your life worth living in the meantime. You have to see him as more than just a good teacher or a prophet. You have to see him as the son of the living God because he is. And you have to receive him, have faith in him. And, and I tell you what, if you do, he'll change your life. And then love the Lord God. Love the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. You know, love God as we've talked about here today with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, your body. Love your and love your neighbor as yourself. So, well, who is my neighbor? Anyone you come across who legitimately is in need and you can, and they're legitimate now and you can help them, then you help them. I tell you what, it's a great way to live. So love the Lord God, love your neighbor and go on down the road and, and things, will, it'll be good, all right? I hope this blessed you today. We'll pick up right here next week with another parable. God bless you. Bye-bye. 